Welcome to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Well, hello, Rhett and Ron, and welcome to another week. This is episode... That is right. We are on episode 12, folks. We have made it a long 12 episodes. It's a little bit a of lot. technical difficulties tonight. I do want to apologize to our listeners. I think episode 12 was the longest of them all. Yeah, and we haven't even... We've been on... I don't know how many times we've been on this server. But, uh, we did it. We're so, here. So, un- unfortunately, we aren't going live tonight, obviously. if yeah, You obviously know. And so... And, and it will apologize to our listeners. It won't and, be able. It won't be uh, available until Sunday this week, due because I'm going to be gone somewhere tomorrow, Saturday. But before we get into that, um, well, as always, you can email the show at predwingspodcast at gmail dot com. And before we go into the fantasy, I just um, I just want to say this is uh, 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 Mother's Day weekend. Uh, if you're hearing us on Sunday, as this is available, obviously it's Mother's Day. So just a happy happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and all the ones. Happy that Mother's Day, I, everybody! Hi, Ma, I love you. And everyone that identifies as a mother. Yeah, we can get into that too. So anyway, going on to our fantasy hockey championship. I have to say, I want to make a comment that this was probably the closest fantasy game I have ever been in for any sport ever. That is how close this finals came down to. I was looking at Are you call me a loser? <laughs> no, I think I called you a jerk. <laughs> but nope, I I squeaked it out by thirty points. Like in this league, a block shot could get you thirty points somehow. So I mean, that's how close of a game this was. So it was a really fun fantasy for me. So, and I was leading the whole season and the whole week of the fantasy. Actually, it was two. It was two weeks. It was two weeks. Every other week was one week, and the championship was two weeks. If it was one week, I would have won. Yep, yep. But unfortunately, and I even and before the first week was even up, I was actually leading at the beginning of the first week, and I told Dan, I was like, I hate this two-week thing because of the maintenance days. People are not going to be playing, so you're not going to see the stars who are banged up. And he's like, well, I got four guys on my bench, and none of them – um, oh, but, don't uh, don't get me started on the maintenance day already. Jeez, um, I thought we were done with that crap. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I was like, God, ah, do it. And then he's like, God, ah, it's two weeks. We'll just ride it out. And I ended up squeaking it out by the hair of my chinny chin chin. All right. Well, I guess since that was uh, we got that all taken care of, uh, we want to go roll right into the recaps. The, the yeah, playoff. Well, yeah, yeah, we can certainly do that. Um, 
actually pulling something up here, but where do we want to start with that? You know, I don't know if we want to start with Predators because they were absolutely. You know, let's do it. Let's get out of the way. This is the Predwing show. Predators should be first. <sighs> there ain't much to recap because they didn't show up for game one. And, uh, well, it was so bad that they pulled no save Dave. And he snapped his twig in the locker in the hallway, going to the locker room. Oh, if you gave up, I suppose when you give up six goals, you're going to do that. So not not a very good effort for the Predators in Game One. And then Game Two happens; they start Connor Ingram, uh, the third string goaltender, and well, didn't start too well, and. They end up losing in overtime. So it's not not starting too well for the Predators down 0-2. So I just hope game three would be somewhat better than the last two. But some of the other uh, playoff round, playoff series have been really good. The, the one thing I saw, like the Predators just, I, I don't know if they underestimated Colorado because they took, what, they beat them, what, three, four times this year? No, they just weren't ready. Yeah, but it's been like... I, I thought they won every game they played against them in the regular season. Wow. That's the regular season. This is a whole no, new animal. I, I know, but I'm just I'm wondering because if you saw the second game, they came out ready. They came out more prepared. It was a close game in game two. It was a one nothing, correct? Was the final? That was uh, two to one because Duchesne, uh, yeah. Duchesne did score. Yeah. But I I'd for, I'd never – but they came out more prepared, though. So, I mean, I think maybe they, they woke up and realized, like, wow, this is playoff hockey. We, we better get moving. I, I neglected to mention uh, in our playoff preview show, um, I had written down the uh, number of the Avs hat tricks during the season and the Predators hat tricks. I just want to touch base. I won't, I won't go through all of them, but uh, the, the Avs had uh, four players with hat tricks. They had like uh, f- I think five total, but R- Mika Rantanen he had a hat trick against uh, Nashville in the regular season, uh, which was a six two final, and uh, obviously the Predators just had Duchesne, Forsberg, and Johansson. But I wanted to touch base on Rantanen with a hat trick against the Predators in the regular season because he kind of owns them because he had what he's got at least four goals here in the playoffs against the Predators so far in two games. He had the one goal uh, in game two. I think he had two in game one or three. Did you want to start with your playoff series? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll start with the Florida-Washington series. <clears throat> um, you know, that was – the game came out um, – well, actually, the first thing I want to start with, why were the fans – not packing that arena. I mean, were the, are the tickets too expensive? Are you just not interested in the number one hockey team in your city? I mean, there there shouldn't be empty seats at a playoff game for the number one team in the NHL. You know, it's kind of uh, pathetic. It's kind of pathetic that that even occurred. But anyway, <clears throat> so Florida is out there, and they uh, – Best team in hockey playing Washington. But you got to remember, Washington has been in the playoffs multiple times. They've got players who have played together in the playoffs multiple times. They're 
you know, they're they're a playoff ready team. So anyway, so you've got Tom Wilson scores the first goal of the series. You know, the the big goon um who later ends up getting injured and will eventually miss game 2 and his status of returning is listed as day to day right now. So uh, the return of Tom Wilson is unknown. Not sure what the extent of his injuries were, but, um, but yeah, so he, he's gone. Injured from gunning it up. Well, he was going to take a run and it looked like he just missed. Oh, maybe, maybe he'll think twice about taking runs now. Yeah. But this series actually hasn't been too out of control to me. Like all the other series that I've watched have been much more, uh, like physically, they were just a lot more physical. Well, the Toronto one was, was the the Toronto one was out of hand before even started. But we'll get into that. I'll continue on with the Florida one. But yeah, the series is tied, uh, one-one. Yeah, the the Caps taken game one, uh, four to two, and then Florida comes back. You know, they kind of wake up and realize that we're in the playoffs, and they take a commanding five-to-one victory. Um, so you got a tied series right now. Uh, they're going to be heading back to Washington for the next two games in the series. Uh, and I, I think Washington, I think they're going to, you know, I think there's definitely at least a split there, but I think Washington might take both, but that, that could be, uh, that could be very far fetched. <clears throat> um, right now you've got Ovi uh, tied for the lead in points in this series um, on his team with two, and then Carter Verhage, he's having a heck of a run right now. He's got three points for Washington, and or I'm sorry for Florida, and he, uh, you know, he's just continuing to to find ways to to put points on the board. So, you know, he he's a guy that you got to keep an eye on. Um, so that's that's the recap of this game. I guess I was wrong about Florida sweeping Washington. I guess um, I guess not only me but uh, the Florida Panthers. Um, kind of took Washington for granted. Yeah, I, I think they did as well. I I agree with that because you got to remember, like I said, you've got Ovi and Oshi and all these other people on the team that have played together as a unit in the playoffs. They've won Stanley Cups together or a Stanley Cup together. So you've got a lot of playoff experience on that team. Not only do they have the experience, but like I said they've played as a unit so that even you know that's even more advantageous for the Washington Capitals but I have the Capitals at least splitting at home if not winning both games I I think they can do it and uh so that'll lead us into the Carolina Boston series and that is turning into kind of I I I thought it was actually uh, going to be a lot closer, but game one, Carolina. I mean, well, they they did beat them seven, uh, outscore them seventeen to one. I believe what as I say last episode in the uh, in the scene series, but game one they came out flying, won five to one. They're all over Boston, and then game two they came out flying five to two. Uh, that's, that's been so, fun. So, so they have a two nothing series lead, and then game three is Friday night. So we'll see how that game three happens next week. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I thought the Bruins would put up more of a fight. Yeah, I just they made a lot of changes um, at the deadline. They, their goaltending is new to them. Um, you know, they 
you know, they, they don't have Tuca anymore. He's he's not their go-to guy in these situations. Um, you know, and it was definitely time to pass the torch. But now you've got a, a kid like Jeremy Swayman who hasn't had any experience at all playing in the NHL, let alone in the playoffs. So this is going to be a whole new experience for him as he gets to start tonight um, in the game because I know – Linus Allmark. I don't know. I he just hasn't really proven himself. But yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's what I got. I just think Boston. I think that's been a physical series. I think that's a lot of fun to watch. I think that it's going to be an exciting series all the way down to the wire. So that'll be a that'll be one to watch. I think. Yeah, and uh, you have uh, probably one of the most exciting uh, other than Minnesota and St. Louis uh, series: uh, Toronto and, and Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah, this this has been a fun series to watch. You know, I've I've been really watching this one closely and there's beginning to you're you're beginning to see like a almost a level of hatred between these two teams and it all started two games before the end of the season. Um so back in regular season these two teams started showing you know, a little bit of animosity. And that partly could be because they knew that that was going to be the matchup heading into the the playoffs as it is, obviously. But I just think that, um, you know, since that has had more time to stew and and linger because it started in in the regular season, that now they're on their, you know, fourth or fifth game already playing in a very short period of time. So I just think that, yeah, there's a lot of built-up frustrations and there is no love lost in this series. So if you want to see action and violence, watch this series. What do you think, you are? And then you got the Sheldon Keefe that before the series even starts puts out his starting lineup, uh, gooning it up with goon line. And, well, I, I kind of backfired because didn't uh, uh, Clifford, Kyle, Kyle Clifford? His name Kyle. Yep. Uh, he got what he played something like forty nine seconds or something. He got kicked yeah, he out. Yeah, he went out for one shift and he got called for boarding and, and ejected. Um, and we'll we'll talk more about him in the next in one of our later segments. But yeah, he was out there for forty nine seconds and that was it. Bears maybe. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. He goes out there. He throws a dirty check 49 seconds into his shift and gets booted out of the game. Um, the, the, but the first know, one, but I do have the to first Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell played pretty well. Um, you know, he got the, he got the shutout there for Toronto. <clears throat> um, but it was, it was very physical. The entire game was physical and you know, they're just, the series is, is, well, it's obviously tied one to one. Um, because Tampa Bay, again, you've got a two-time Stanley Cup champion looking for a three-peat. Well, I, I don't personally think they're going to win the third Stanley Cup, but again, you can't take them lightly. They're, they've won a Stanley Cup three times. So they understand what it takes to win. So you can never count out Tampa Bay, and they obviously bounce back. Um, they obviously bounced right back and won the next game 5-3. Uh, to three. So... <clears throat> Yeah, and, and taking a look at this game, the guys that have really made a difference in this one, um, you know, you've got Austin Matthews. I mean, obviously, we've talked about him multiple times, and right now he's sitting on five points in two games. 
Austin Matthews is playing some of the best hockey anyone's ever seen, and he's proving that he wants to win in this league. So he's putting up five points a game or five points, you know, in, in the homestand. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be a person that Tampa Bay just has to shut down. Like you have, you're not going to shut him down. I know that we've said that. So, but you have to find a way to contain this guy. And Vasilevsky is going to have to be on point. Um, he's going to have to steal at least one game. I think maybe two. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he played very – he stole – I shouldn't say he stole, but he played well in that last that last game um, that Tampa Bay won 5-3. to three. He, he played well. But, you know, it, it's just right now it's coming down to just working people off the puck. They're hitting, they're checking, they're, they're boarding, and it's just it, it's just a very high-paced, pe- high very physical series. So, um yeah, and believe it or not, Victor Hedman is the guy for Tampa Bay that is finding a way to put points on the board. So Toronto needs to keep an eye on Victor Hedman more than more than they currently are. He's got four points, so averaging two points a game. You know, he's he's somebody that you got to find a way to throw an extra body on or or pinch a little bit quicker because, um, you know, he's he's just. He's putting points on the board, getting getting dirty assists, dirty goals, and that's not just – just got to shut him down. But that's about it for that series. That's exciting. Make sure you check out the next game. Uh, another exciting series is the Rangers and Penguins series. Um, boy, that game one, if you missed a game, uh, you missed a dandy. It was a triple overtime uh, the Rangers actually had a goal disallowed in the third period. Or was it was the second that, period. It was the end of the third period, and that set off a world of internet shaming and screaming and whining and crying. And apparently, it was um, it was um, interference that uh, wasn't. It shouldn't have been called interference. Well, he was well. He was pushed into the goalie, and I think that's what the ultimately what, what decided the call. Um, so he he was pushed into the goalie and took him out, like just completely took him right out of the play. So, um, yeah, and then they they were able to you know find you know find the back of the net, and they deemed that it wasn't you know wasn't a good goal that he had the ability to stop or decrease the amount of impact he had on the goal goaltender so yeah well uh, yeah, it was pretty controversial though. i mean it took a few minutes for them to figure that one out yeah but if they allowed the goal to stand i'm sure the penguins would probably start um oh of course they would of course they would but i mean i mean it's hard because you don't want to set a precedent so if you're going to allow those types of hits in a game then you have to do that in every series. And then when do you stop? When do you finally say, yeah, you know what? Those, they're starting to hit a little bit harder into the, you know, taking a little bit faster into the crease. Then the goaltending collisions are a little bit harder. But as a defenseman, you know, if you put your hands on them and make contact and they lose their balance and hit the goaltender, then it's on the defense. Uh, uh, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but the Penguins ultimately ended up winning game one and, and like I said, triple overtime, uh, four to three. So they gave one nothing lead, but the Rangers responded in a huge way in game two. Five to two final, but it was, I mean, they were, from what the parts of the game that I saw, the Rangers was, they were just all over the Penguins. And they got the series tied 1 1, and that'll be shifting to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Unfortunately, this podcast won't be available till Sunday, so. And so we obviously, you know, if you're listening to us, you'll, you'll obviously know the outcome Saturday. Um, but as we're recording, obviously hasn't even started yet. Um, so I don't want to say you want to, you don't want to miss that game because it'll be over. But then they got it's then they, a fun, fun series. Yeah, definitely want to catch that out. And uh, that shifts us over to the Western Conference. So we covered the Colorado Project game, one of the ex- most exciting uh, series. Uh, looks like uh, you'll have. Uh, uh, I have two. Uh, I have two the, that I find are really exciting. Well, I know the Minnesota St. Louis is shaping up to be. Yeah. So is the Calgary and Dallas. That I'm going to go with the Calgary Dallas right now for this one. This series, I had talked about Tampa Bay and Toronto being a rough series, and that's a must-watch in the East. But this series has been just, it's been out of control. And this rivalry, I love it. I absolutely love what these two teams are bringing to the playoffs this year. But right now, this is also another split series. Um, Calgary took game one, one to nothing, and Dallas took game two, two to nothing. But it's just been, I mean, the first game, do you want to add something there, D-Law? I, I just, it's kind of funny, the, you know, you shut out one game and then you get the other team shut down. So I wonder if it's going to be kind of a battle of goaltenders and defense and whoever gets the first goal. If you're looking for, you know, if you're looking for a – high-scoring, fast-paced game, this probably isn't it. But if you're looking for a game that's going to be close, if you're looking for a game that's going to be physical, this is a series you're going to want to sit down and watch. Because just looking, I'm just going through uh, the penalties here. So you've got the first four minutes into the game, you've got an illegal check to the head. Then you've got interference. Then you've got Matthew Tuchuk fighting uh, against Michael Raffle. Michael Raffle gets gets an unsportsmanlike with that. Um, then you've got John Klingberg fighting Rasmus Anderson. Klingberg gets a game misconduct. Rasmus gets a game misconduct. And that's all in the first period, folks. Like, that was the first period. So he had game misconducts handed out in the first period. Second period. You've got a couple of roughings. You've got Michael Raffle roughing. You've got Blake Coleman roughing. Um, And then the third period, it kind of mellowed out. There was actually not one penalty in the third period. I don't know if that's because the refs were all whistled out or what. But um, so that was an exciting first game. One nothing. And I think the third period, it, it, you know, in my opinion, it came down to more we need to get back to the game plan and put a, a we need to score a goal 
because it's a one nothing game and both teams are thinking that you want the insurance goal if you're Calgary and obviously if you're Dallas you want to get the tying goal so both teams seem to have really mellowed out they kept the physicality up but all the shenanigans they kind of settled them down and that was probably because they were getting back into you know their their we need to just score a goal get back to base basics and play the game of hockey the way that it's supposed to be but um you know game two of this series you know is another low scoring game you know it was mostly um you know just it was see i don't even know how you it was physical it was fast but the opportunities just they weren't there so you weren't seeing a lot of shots from the slot um you know everything was well contained on both sides but again the game comes down it's another physical game you've got cross-checking uh klingberg you know him and to chuck going at it again um you have michael raffle goaltender interference um slashing cross-checking um roughing 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 tripping and another nothing for the third period but it's a rough series great series so if you want good hockey close games that's physical this is a must watch players to watch in this one as of right now is well there's not many because not much is going on here but you've got pavelski and raffles your goal scorers and lindholm for calgary so We'll see how this series shapes up. I think it's going to be a physical one as we head to Dallas. But, uh, yeah, so Calgary-Dallas wraps up. That is, and I'm saying it's a must-watch to every game I've recapped, but that series is phenomenal. So moving on to the Oilers and Kings, not not as exciting as the other two Western Conference um, matchups, but I, I was actually kind of surprised at L.A. coming out in game one. With a stunning four to three win, and you know splitting, uh, you know they end up ultimately splitting home uh, game one and two. Edmonton, you know they they stepped back and was like, yeah, I guess uh, you know maybe L.A. is for real, and they they put it in another gear and won six to nothing. So so that even the series up. Um, but yeah, I, I, McDavid's starting to go now, and Drysaitel. So you know the Kings, they they're gonna have to find a way to to limit McDavid's chances. Um, yeah, those two are just lethal. Drysaitel had what sixty, almost sixty goals. I mean, I mean, obviously not the same as Matthews, but he was up there forty, fifty. I forget what he had. Drysaitel, he can he can find the back of the net, you know. And you're right, you can't count them out. Yeah, and uh, you know, as we're as we're uh, recording now, their their game three is in LA tonight, uh, Friday. So, and then uh, game four will be Sunday. So, you know, you want you want to you want to at least check some of this out. Um, luckily, they don't they're not playing at the same time as some of the other games, so you don't have to miss you know, the other. Uh, Minnesota St. Louis series that you you are going to be uh, br- uh, recapping. Yeah, this this is another good series, folks. Um, you know, if you, if you like rough hockey, I mean, this entire playoffs has been phenomenal. But um, yeah, this this game, the game one was a complete blowout by St. Louis. They just came out, and again, this is a St. Louis team that just recently won a Stanley Cup. They're hungry. They know how to do it. They're running out of time now is now is their time to make that push for the cup 
but they came out and just dominated for nothing the entire game. Uh, Vili Huso had a shutout. It, it, you know, Perron gets his gets an, an, a Hattie in this game. It was just it was a very well executed game by St. Louis. They were very fundamentally sound. They had good passing. Uh, it was just very clean. They played a very clean style of hockey, and they had great forecheck and pressure on on um, Minnesota the entire game. So, so Minnesota, who is my favorite to go to the Stanley Cup, in Game Two finds a way to respond. So they come out with a six to two blowout of St. Louis. Now in this game, you had Perron getting the hat trick in the last game. This one, you've got Kirill, the thrill Kaprasov. He gets his hat trick. Um, but within this series, <laughs> yeah, you love that. But in this series, um, you know, the players that you really have to watch for St. Louis, it's, it's Perron. He's got four, four points in two games. Uh, another guy that's just going to find a way to put points on the board and a very dangerous lineup. He He's the guy that you're right now need to be focused on. Uh, and then as you shift over to uh, Minnesota, you've got Joel Erickson Eck and obviously Kirill who each have three, three points each. So got to keep an eye on those guys every time they're, they're on the ice. But that is my recap for St. Louis, Minnesota. All right, so it looks like uh, there's not much going on for the Wings, but some uh, coaching insights or information that you have? Yeah, I've been reading a lot that uh, Lane Lambert is going to be eventually named the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, a younger voice, um, similar to like a Blashill, but very strict, but energizing at the exact same time. So we'll see. We'll see, but that's that's what I've been reading that um, Iserman likes as of right now. But who knows? Iserman has a way of finding, you know, diamonds in the rough. So maybe somebody will show up last minute that nobody projected. But we'll, well see. I mean, it's it's all a you know, it's all just a waiting game, unfortunately. That might be. It might be good for a couple three years, but it seems like. He runs his course after like three to four years. Who's that, Lane? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. The player, they, he loses his players after a few years, or I mean, he he might be good for the younger players. So maybe you know, maybe he can get a little little run. He's been on winning benches. I mean, he was with Trotsy in in Washington. So I mean, he just. He's been around winning environments. He knows the culture. He knows what it takes. So maybe that's what Eiserman sees in him. And I believe he was an assistant in Nashville underneath Trots too. That that is correct. Um, but uh, that's all the all the coaching insights you have for as of now. Yeah, that's all I have. So, I guess it's time to go into your rant room. Let's go. Close the door behind you. Now entering the rant room. Okay, this is a topic that we have talked about 
pretty frequently here and there, but it's been kind of in-depth talked about, and it's the officiating in the NHL. It is just God-freaking-awful. It has been awful all season long. Questionable calls, uh, blown games. I mean, just unbelievably, terribly officiated games this season. And I have to say it's a shame on Gary Bettman to allow this to continue to go on all season long and into the playoffs. So there has to be some kind of a line drawn in the sand where referees are account- held accountable for the things that, that they, that you know, terribly obviously blown calls. Just an example of that. In a playoff game, folks, an actual NHL playoff game here in 2022, Tampa Bay played an entire shift with six skaters and a goalie. An entire shift. Yes, maybe 30, 40 seconds. But that's an entire shift. They didn't get a call for that. I mean, are you kidding me? I hate both of the teams. I can't stand either one of them. But how do you miss a call like that? You are an NHL referee. So maybe there's a short line of people looking to do this kind of work. I don't know. But Batman has to find a way to hold these hold these guys accountable. Now to go off into one more area here is everybody's human. And I, I get that. I understand that. Everybody makes mistakes. They don't have eyes in the back of their head. They're not expected to do everything. We have 5,217,000 cameras throughout the rink that Toronto has access to. So why can't they go back to replay on certain areas of a penalty? So if there's too many men in the ice and a goal scored... They should be allowed to review that. If they want to call hooking or bell or or roughing or you know anything that might change the outcome of a game, they should have the ability to review the call because mistakes do happen. So I think you have to start incorporating, and, and I don't want it to be crazy. I don't want it to be where every time there's a whistle blown, you're going to a TV timeout so they can go to the you know, go up to the the headsets and get on with Toronto. No, there has to be an outcome. So if the game's blown and you feel there's something like an offsides on a goal, penalties are no different. And again, these referees are not robots. They're humans. They make mistakes, a lot of mistakes here in 2022. So Bettman, you need to start finding a way to penalize your referees for terrible, obvious calls. And you need to find a way to incorporate one of the camera angles or views throughout the freaking stadium or arena, rather, to actually be used on a game-changing call. So that is my rant. Thank you for joining the rant room. Wow, that was a short one. You didn't even hit your five-minute mark. <laughs> no, <Nope, laughs> nope, didn't need it. Short and sweet because, I mean... I'd be here all night if I went through everything. Carolina played almost an entire shift with six guys on the ice. Another How do you miss six. that? I, that's what I'm saying. This is playoff and, and, hockey. Why? Why is this happening? It should. This shouldn't be happening. Uh, did, it was bad enough during the season. Like correct it. 
And do they have? And do they have that many cameras? Wow, I didn't realize they had that many cameras in well, was- <laughs> so, the men's room and the women's room and the so, executive offices. So moving on to the predator stories, uh, actually, it's a good sign uh, for the predators. Um, their draft pick, I believe, was twenty twenty, Yaroslav Askarov, and when they drafted him, I was like, "Why are you drafting him? He's a goaltender." When they drafted him, I'm like. Why are they drafted him? Well, that's because you were so, still on the Pecorine train. Like you thought he was like immortal. Like he was never gonna quit the game of hockey. But when he finally retired. It was like war had just blown you off the map. But uh Milwaukee signed him to a tryout for the remainder of the season. Uh he played with the SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL. And in fact, he he played. He only played six games, but he's had a two one and two record with a one point eight one goals against average, um, and a nine one three save percentage. His he made his debut on November twenty seventh, twenty nineteen, and he was the second youngest goalie ever to start in the KHL at seventeen years old. Yeah, I think I think you guys I think you guys might have found your future goal. Well, in this when when they drafted him, I was reading story and everybody was saying, "Oh, he's going to be an elite goaltender." And I'm like, he's just like a kid. It's like how can you? It's it's not like he's a McDavid or anything. So well, we're, 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 we're saying that about McDavid and and, 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 like, and, and well, Cosby. Well, that's different. But you know, this is Why a goal is it different. This is a goaltender. Goaltenders, you know, as we all know, they take a long time to develop. That's right. Um, They're not he's saying he's going to develop overnight. Him getting this trial. They're already calling him elite or elite yeah. potential. Yeah, because you can take a look at kids and see how their lateral movement is. You can see how quick their brain processes plays. He's like know, 20 years like, old. Yeah, I, I probably not even. Um, now, yeah, you're right. Um, but. Yeah, they, they look at that. They see, like, how, you know, hips. I mean, they, they have science and algorithms that they use for literally everything. So, yeah, they probably look at this kid and say, wow, you know, he's got a quick lateral movement time. He's, you know, he's good with the puck. He can skateboard his back. His you know, his gaps are done very well. So, yeah, I just think I think that give this kid some time. He's going to get his tryout in Milwaukee. He'll probably make the squad, play there next year for a couple of years, and then you'll see him. You'll see him move up. So it's going to be, you know, Riddich and Ingram fighting for a backup spot to Askarov. Yeah, um, so that'll lead us in. Uh, that's all the uh, Predators uh, stories, uh, news I have. That's uh, nothing? Yeah, other, no, other than them sucking in the playoffs. Um, so did you realize in – the game two started goaltenders on May fifth, which was uh, Thursday night. These all all uh, all the starting goaltenders combined salary two point two million. Hmm. A lot of young players. Ingram Ingram started for the Predators. He's his salary is just over seven hundred thousand. Kemper, which is surprising because he's not really, I mean, he's, I guess he's still young, 
but he's been around a while. His salary is well. It, I mean, if for a goaltender, it's not a lot. Four point five million. I mean, for you know, not you know really, you know, compared to uh, Bobrovsky's ten million, um, and then uh, Louis Domingue, uh, his salary is only seven hundred fifty thousand. He had to he had to uh, get rushed into action because of uh, uh, Smith going down, and then um, it's been that, wild with all the goalies that we've seen. Period. But yeah, such an interesting stat. And then Vanacek's salary is seven hundred sixty thousand. He got chased, obviously. Um, and then his backup that game only made two million. So I mean, I didn't count that two million in because he what he didn't start the game. And then um, and then Ottinger from the Dallas Stars makes one point three million. And then Calgary's Markstrom makes six million. But the what thi- about that Kuchekov? Kuchekov. Uh, he didn't start the game. And I don't have his salary, um, but that two point two million would have been a lot lower had obviously Poprowski not started because he makes ten million, so that inflated that up a little bit more. Oh. Do you know what have made that a lot higher? Is if Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer were behind the oh. wheel of that ship? Yeah, well, Vegas would be sky high. Yeah, well, Vegas didn't make the playoffs, or else we wouldn't be talking about this. Oh, yeah, uh, they're they're out on the links with uh, Dylan Larkin and the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and um, speaking of uh, in goalies going down, how about Pasternak's cheap shot at Antti Ranta, who knocked him out of the game? No call on that. Yeah, um, I, think, I mean, I don't think it, it was intentional. And, I don't think well, I mean, it was. It was not. I, I had to watch that video several times, and Ronta was still on the crease. He was he was at the top of his crease, yes. But Pasadak knew exactly what he was doing. This is a player. He 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 just went right into him. You know, you got to also remember he's an NHL All Star Pasternak. So yeah, he does know what he's doing. So you you think it was malicious? You think the intent was there to? Show some physical dominance well, in the game and I mean, set the tone. I don't want to say it was malicious, but he was trying to, you know, run him. Um, I agree that I think he could have done a little more to avoid him, but I don't know. I just think it was one of those plays that you just don't like to see. You don't like to see anyone get hurt, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he could have done a little bit more to lessen the blow, but... You know what? It is what it is. It's just one of those. It's it's part of hockey. You're going to get hurt. It happens. Maybe call a two minute penalty, but no, not suspension worthy. No way. Uh, well, I I suppose if Marshawn didn't get uh, suspended for his cross check, but um, let let we got a couple more. Uh, what did you? Have something about McDavid? Yeah, he he uh, he was getting a. I haven't seen what his fine is yet, but he had a boarding incident um, in game one, and it should have been a boarding. It, they they didn't call it boarding, and I think it's just one of those things where he's he's an elite all star, you know, one of those once in a generational player, 
he gets a little bit more leniency. Um, but I thought it was a cheap shot. I think he got away with it. You know, the guy was just well, – he had his numbers to him and just cross-checked him right in the back, face first into the boards. That's because it's McDavid. He's, 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 he's above – He's above any any kind of discipline as far as the NHL is concerned. Yeah, and that the NHL player safety is extremely inconsistent this year. And even in the regular season, we talked about this a few episodes ago with uh, Mel can only get four games. So, you know, it's just, it, it's just the, the stars get special treatment, and you can't it, – it, it, how does that make all the other players feel? I mean, you got to treat everybody the same. Yeah, yeah, they're a star. Well, to, they, they if they do the same thing you do, then they needed, you know, they, they need to be disciplined just as much. I mean, it's not. For uh, crying out loud, Crosby chopped a man's finger off. Yeah, that was what, several years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, Mark <laughs> thought, right? Yeah, um, and he, he actually. Uh, I think he ended his career. Yeah, he couldn't hold the stick right. But um, and then and, you know, it's not, I hate to sound like a broken record, but how about Carter? I don't know. I, I've yeah, I've known even some Rangers fans that says that it was actually Shusterkin's uh, in, uh, initiated, but I. I think Carter. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to call it a cheap shot, but he ran into the into the Rangers goalie. Actually, Shesterkin didn't get injured on the play, but he saw him coming. I mean, he was looking right at him. Yeah, I know. And he. I mean, these these are elite players. They they could stop on a dime. They they got so much good agility. They well, can I mean, turn. there's only so. I they mean, can stop. They can turn. He went right after him. I yeah, mean, but I mean, they're not all. I mean, there's only so much physics can do. I mean, at some point, you're just not going to be able to stop when they keep pushing and pushing and pushing to be faster and faster. So, I mean, there there are going to be instances where they just can't stop. But Carter was looking right at him too, and I mean, yeah. yeah but I mean, how far out was Shesterkin? He was coming back to the net. He was behind the net, coming coming around to get back in that. Now I have a rate. One of my Rangers friends said that Shesterkin actually uh, stuck his leg out, but I, you know, with all the goal equipment, it looked like he was just in his middle of a stride. But I don't know. I I mean, I guess they're both at fault. Uh, the Rangers ended up with a power play on that deal because it, you know obviously you hit the goalie and then there's a big pile up. Yep, of course. Uh, but that leads us into the fines uh, area. I don't think there was any suspensions. I think they were just all fines. Yeah. Well, Clifford. Oh, oh, Clifford, he did get suspended. Yeah, he got a one game. Um, I should he have gotten? Should he have desert gotten more than one game? I mean, it is a playoff. No, no got, that's why I say no. You know, he because got a game misconduct. Yeah, but it wasn't first shift of the game, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but still, I, I don't, I don't think he should have got more than one. I mean, it wasn't. I think that was more of setting the tone for the the series. Like, okay, we're not going to allow this type of hit to go on, so we're going to game misconduct, one game suspension. 
Yeah, well, I, I still blame that she, uh, shelf or sheaf or cult, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, for setting a lineup, the goon lineup. I mean, you, you got Matthews and Marner and Tavares. You, this is, if you want to set the tone, put your star, put your stars out there, put your, your scores and get, get a goal in the first minute. Now, I actually just, re- I want to go off on this quick tangent. So, while I was looking up information on him, he played. He's obviously an ex hockey player, and the Sheldon Keefe. Shel, yeah, Sheldon Keefe. I had it backwards. I had to ask <laughs> Kelton Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon Actually, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> oh Jesus, D Law! But yeah, he played against this one kid, and the kid was like, "Yeah, he wanted to fight me, like in the worst way," and he Uh-oh. ends up, and he ends up. In it, so we end up scrapping, and he tries to gouge my eyes out. So, this Sheldon Keith is trying to gouge this dude's eyes out in a fight. So the kids in school, they're they're in school together, and you know the kid's wearing an eye patch around his high school because of this hockey game because of Sheldon Keith. So he's out the next game. Then he comes back, and he's walking past like the concession stands. And Sheldon Keefe is trying to fight him out, out by the concession stands. They said this guy is an absolute lunatic. So it doesn't surprise me, getting back to the to your segment, it doesn't surprise me that he gooned it up for week one, having a history like that. No, no, that, that kind of... Trying uh, to gouge an eye, got dude's eye out. Not, not, that all, that all uh, explains everything now. Um, so, uh, so Maroon and Perry... We're fined uh, 2250 and 2500 respectively. And Simmons got fined 2250 for all for unsportsmanlike conduct. And yeah, you know why that was? That was just because after the whistle, it kind of separated. Then everybody came back together. And the reason they came back together was because of Corey Perry. So they're saying that Corey Perry instigated that, I don't know what, mayhem. Um, well after the whistle and play had already settled down. So he just kind of poked the fire a little bit. So he, he got a fine. And then Simmons came in after that. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what happened. Um, we talked about Clifford. He's gone for a game. I, I thought it was a stupid play. I didn't think it was a suspendable play. But just because it's playoff hockey, hits like that are going to happen. Spurgeon was fined 5000 He tried to uh, amputate. Buchnevich, his ankles. Um, luckily, he was unsuccessful in his attempt, and the NHL fined him $5,000 for his attempt to cut off his nice, dangly little ankles. So, yeah, so Spurgeon was fined 5000 for his cross-check to Buchnevich. Um, that was just a stupid, stupid play. And the NHL wasn't done yet. And they, they must have won. They must need some money for their player uh, uh, emergency fund. Yeah, when they have to fund an Arizona <laughs> arena. Yeah, they need all the money uh, they can get now. Because yeah. now Marshawn and Forbort. Uh, Forbort is a Bruin. Yeah, he He's is. A He's a, yeah. He, they were each fined 5000 for actions in game two. Um, not sure exactly what the actions were, but – uh, Marshan uh, slashed a goalie, but I don't think he got. Oh no, he oh, he cross checked. 
I forget what it was now. Kachekov. Uh, I watched it. So whatever you just said. And then he slashed him, but they didn't call the cross check, but they gave him a penalty for slash. Well, I I actually want to say Kachurkov, I think, started it. You know, he kind of threw his stick out there as Marshan was yeah, skating by. Well, so Marshan turned and I think cross-checked the- him in the arm, tried to get him between the pad, and then Kachurkov, you know, gave him a little slash, and then Marshan just baseball mark mcguire this dude in the in the shoulder yeah you just got suspended for that why are you doing it again it was probably it was probably a dumb thing for the goalie to do and he's just just constantly you know we're worried about stopping the puck but i think i'm wondering think about it though i mean it was marshawn's uh reputation why he did that yeah of course it is but again the oh, NHL suspended him once for already doing that. The goalie or so, Marchand? Marchand. Okay. Remember when he slashed what's his name in the face? The goalie? Well, I must have missed that one. No, it was his last latest suspension. Oh. So he, he just he just, he just, he just he coming off the suspension. suspension. But that's what I mean. So I mean it's okay to two hands slash somebody in the arm where there's no padding or the hand but it's not okay to tap somebody in the mask I mean those are two very similar almost exact infractions yet one of them's deemed oh well it's playoff hockey or oh it must have been in a little bit no he, he took the intent to try to hurt somebody in both scenarios, he I remember the next level to do that. That's a, that's the suspension. That's the history that we talk about. Yeah. And, and I remember when playoff was like they let everything go. It's like play. Oh, it's playoff hockey. Oh, it's physical. You know. Yeah, and they're actually calling a lot of BS. Which, I mean, which I mean, it's I, kind it's, of again goes on the piss poor well, officiating. At least they're consistent with the regular season, even oh, though they're garbage still, officiating all well, year long. It's consistent. Yeah, it's garbage at all in the playoffs, too. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it, it, player, player, players weren't consistent. I guess they didn't uh, tell them they wanted consistent good, not consistent bad. But. Right. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, Forbor uh, was uh, – uh, his was for high-sticking Teravinen, and yeah. Marshawn got the, a minor, and Forbor got a double minor. Now, I don't know, but I think – I mean, I didn't see the four-board high stick, but to me, Marshawn be, should be more more serious. I, I would I would have gave Marshawn a double minor and four-board a uh, regular minor, but I, I didn't see the high stick, so I, I it might have been worse. Yeah. Yep. But now we're moving into a little bit of a new segment that we came up with. Actually, I'm not going to take any credit for it. This was D-Law's genius idea. Um, but hit it. Do what you got to do, man. If you're not familiar with uh, duster, the term duster, as far as hockey is concerned, it's been, it, uh, it's just a player that sits the bench and doesn't get any rarely gets any ice time. Uh, it's usually the worst player. 
So I just figured there's not really a lot of talk about, you know, players that uh, get this at the bench. And I just want to bring it to the attention. So uh, my duster of this for this week. That's not uh, me. You're not an NHL player. Um, but my, my duster and this, and I, I had a hard time cause you know, there's a few players that were injured, so they didn't really get a lot of playing time, obviously. And this cannot be a player that's injured as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's gotta be somebody that at legitimately sits the bench and doesn't get playing time. Uh, so the winner or loser, I guess you could say for this week is uh, Tampa Bay's Jan Ruda. He's a defenseman. Now, in it's coming off two Stanley Cup, uh, you know, championships. He was an integral part in the those two playoff uh, runs and championships. So why is this guy sitting the bench? I know he had a cross check in game one. He got a fight and a misconduct. He in, in game one against Toronto, eight minutes and twenty one seconds. He had fourteen shifts for an average of thirty five seconds. He had more penalty minutes than game time, and he wasn't in the lineup for game two. Uh, game two, um, and, you know, obviously game three is coming up. Um, and he is not injury. At least the Tampa Bay website is showing uh, under injuries. It says none. So unless they're keeping it a secret, which it would be another story. So this guy is a healthy scratch. And not only is he a healthy scratch, they have some guy named Foot that's a rookie playing in a playoff matchup on the third defensive line when they could have Jan Ruda, a, a, a Stanley Cup champion, and a force, and they're picking his rookie over him? In the regular season, Jan Ruda had 76 games played, three goals, 15 assists. He was a plus 25. He he had twelve hundred and forty five minutes and twenty five seconds. That average is sixteen minutes a game, eighty six shifts. He had forty seven penalty minutes. Yes, I know in the playoffs it's a different story. In one game he was a minus one, seventeen penalty minutes. He had twice as many penalty minutes as game time. What is the coach doing? Well, are you blaming the coach for not policing all those penalty minutes, or are you? Man, the coach for not playing him more. That was a the seventeen minutes. It was a fight and a misconduct. So that's fifteen minutes right there. Oh, and then the cross yeah. check. So that, yeah, it was only one infract, like one altercation that caused it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He must be getting. You know, he's riding the pine. He must have. John Cooper must not be happy. All right, so after that little tangent, I need a little. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I So this week's good news, um, and it truly is good news. It's uh, Florida Panthers Alexander Barkov. He is donating $1,600 per goal 
and eight hundred dollars per assist for his his goals uh, to a local Florida Children's Hospital, uh, and he's going to continue it throughout the playoffs. He's currently donated a hundred and one thousand six hundred dollars uh, during the season. Uh, because of it, he's he had thirty nine goals and forty nine assists during the regular season. So he's got one goal and one assist so far in the series. So that's another almost two grand, a little over two grand, twenty four hundred dollars looks like. Yep. So far, the Children's Hospital. Um, on top of the hundred thousand, so that, that deser- just just want to give just want to give him a shout out. Uh, round of applause for this for, gentleman for that. Thank you, sir. You are a gentleman and a scholar. And we got some injury updates. We do. We do. Um, yeah. Is, do you want to go with Ranta since you were kind of ranting about Ranta? Yeah, I was going to go with Casey Smith, but yeah. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, Ranta, after that whole thing we had talked about, um, they're talking about a possible return for game three. Um, while it is still up in the air and day to day, it is a good possibility we will see him back for Game Three. And uh, some, oh, I guess it's bad news for Penguins. Uh, good news for everybody else. Um, good news for Louis Deming. Um And while Jari is uh, probably coming back too, but Casey DeSmith had he he left the left the Rangers game. Uh, I believe it was the overtime game. Uh, he 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 had successful core muscle surgery. Now that's the same uh, injury. Uh, I don't know if he had surgery or not that Dylan Larkin had. So and, and so he'll he's going to miss the remainder of the playoffs. And uh, it looks like he's going to have some uh, some rehab to do this summer uh, to get ready for the regular season next year. So kind of a bad break for DeSmith. Yeah, it's always unfortunate. Um, you know, you've also got um, Tom Wilson, uh, as I had mentioned earlier on, getting injured in that first uh, first game of the series. Uh, he's listed as day to day right now. Not sure on his return. He is a maybe for uh, game three. So we'll find out. And. So that will lead us into some playoff uh, schedules. Um, game three is Friday. Uh, actually, uh, probably should skip that because it's going to be after Friday. Um, well, let's move on to Saturday. Game three is uh, present Colorado at 430 on TNT. And well, I a prediction there. Uh, no, um, oh, not physically yeah, I, there like you're going to be, but well, yeah, I, I might not be on TV because I'll be in the 300 level, but Bring I'll, a sign. I'll be so but Bring that, a sign. that that that's okay. I'll, I'll be too busy cheering. I'm just hoping the uh, the atmosphere and uh, late breaking news. Uh, uh, Connor Ingram will get to start for that game. So I, I don't know about that. That's uh, you know what though. Uh, Eli, you got to think about this. You got to think yeah, about this. I'm they hoping it's not going to be a waste. They just um, played a hell of a game. They lost no more time. 
Um, but uh, they just played a great game against Colorado. I, I just they hope they end. back. Now they're going to be in their own home arena. I just hope. Just I, I just hope the atmosphere is going to be good. And if the Predators win one game all season, I hope it's going to be game three. Um, yeah, I, I hope I'm going to have a good time anyway. You know, I just love that city and love the team, and I'm going to be bringing the noise. And then you got Pittsburgh and the Rangers. Uh, actually, yeah, the Pittsburgh and the Rangers at 7 p.m. at I, TNT. I'm going to go. The pred, the Preds are going to get split. I don't think home. we're pre- Why are we predicting? Why not? Um, we already did their predictions. Okay, our series. Right, we can't. <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm thinking the Preds are going to split at home. Yeah, well, it'd be nice if they sweep them. Um, that would be nice. But uh, what before that, you got Washington, Florida at 1 p.m. at ESPN, and then Pittsburgh and the Rangers. Uh, that's in Pittsburgh. That's going to be on TNT. TNT's got most all games on Saturday, and then at night, the nightcap 9:30. You don't want to miss that game. Dallas and Calgary on TNT. <clears throat> and then that moves on to Sunday. Game fours. Boston is home against Carolina. That's going to be a 1230 yep. game on ESPN. And then you have Minnesota heading into St. Louis. Uh, that'll be a 430 p.m. on TBS. Um, Toronto will be heading to Tampa Bay for their their second game in this series in Tampa. Uh, and that'll be at 7 p.m. and channel TBS. Finally, that night, Edmonton will be in L.A. That'll be on TBS at 10 a.m. Or 10 a.m., 10 p.m. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a series to watch because L.A. is coming for it. And then at least into Monday, uh, again, all game fours. Uh, Prez are back home. Uh, that's a 9.30 game ESPN. But the early games, uh, Pittsburgh and the Rangers on ESPN at 7. And then Washington and Florida at 7 p.m. on TBS. And Dallas and Calgary also at 9.30, and that's on TBS. Yep, some good games. I'm excited. And then, then that leaves us Tuesday, game fives. Uh, the Toronto Bay is still not determined. I have no idea why. Um, that is going to be in Toronto. Um, Carolina, Boston at home. So Carolina is home to that one. Uh, that's on ESPN at 7. And then Minnesota's home to St. Louis on ESPN at 9.30. And then you got the LA uh, Edmonton at, at home against the Kings at 10 p.m. and the ESPN 2. And then... Um, uh, obviously, the Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays are unknown yet um, as, as of this date. So there there's, could be a lot of changes next week at our show um, as far as, uh, um, you know, some series could be over by next week's show. You know, maybe we'll be in game two, get out round two. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um and that leads us into some off-season questions for the Red Wings. Yeah, I think I think the biggest question is, you know, with all these young guys that they're slating on coming up to Detroit this year, um, you know, all the guys that we've previewed in the last couple of weeks, and 
you know, if if those guys come up, who do they have for veteran leadership? So my question is, will Detroit make a veteran move and get a big name player to come to Detroit? Um, I'm hopeful, but I'm also realistic at the same time. Detroit's a train wreck. They're in a rebuild. People don't want to go to a rebuild to die out their career. So it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to find somebody. I think. So you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know, can they lure some free agents yet? Um, maybe with a uh, uh, you know the new coach signing. You know, maybe they'll they'll lure some players that way. That's that's a good point. Um, you know, especially with Landon Lambert, maybe there'll be some uh, former players that wanna. Uh, I'd have to look former back and see quick. Uh, he didn't play under him. Um, I just wanted, I'd, I'd have to look under and see who plays under If they're even still playing, they might even be a retired or so long ago. Um, maybe maybe under, who was the last co- last TV he was with, Washington? Yep. Um, probably with Barry Trotz. Uh, or, or, you know, he seems to follow Barry Trotz around, so maybe, maybe they'll, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not ready for the big time, but uh, you know, of course, I, I don't want to go, uh, you know, maybe they'll sign Barry Trotz, but, you know, I think he's still under contract. So, um, uh, I think that's a, I, that seems like a little bit of a shorter show this week because I don't think uh, they're pretty much shorter and shorter. Every sent to uh, stories for next week. Um, well, we'll have to keep keep loose, uh, keep uh, on top of this developing stories. Um, yeah, we'll post that to our social media. So, and uh, I think that's about it for this episode. Just uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at. Uh, Red Wings Pod and then our Facebook page. Yep, and make sure to like and follow us on any podcast server. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So send us send us an email. And uh, but as always, thanks for tuning in to the Red Wings Podcast for your NHL news. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?